Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Beached White Male Podcast. My name is Ken Kemp, your host, and you're here for Season 4 and Episode 58. We've come back into town, and we're back on the launch pad. So glad you're here to join us. Today, I'm going to talk about my Substack and a thing I like to call Woke Pride. Here's the big announcement that appears in my Substack article. The beached white male hereby announces that he is becoming an advocate and promoter of woke pride. (laughs) That's right, woke pride. In this short beached white male podcast, we're going to get into woke pride. I'm going to share with you the Substack article that appeared on my new Substack page. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to include the links in my show notes to get you there. And I hope you check it out and subscribe. I've been really encouraged by the responses I've been getting. I've been getting emails. I've been getting likes. I've been getting comments. And I'm so grateful. I've even had people volunteer to become paid subscribers. I want to say thank you to you guys and let you know that I'm working on it so that you can make good on that pledge. So welcome to a special edition of the Beached White Male Podcast. I'm glad you're here. So yes, Carolyn and I have returned now from just about a month's worth of travel. We spent two weeks up in the Pacific Northwest with some of our dear friends, a thing we call Spirits and Spirituality. We spent a couple days on Whidbey Island, about 15 of us, and then Carolyn and I drove up there and back. We had a just a great time. Uh, we also uh, spent two weeks with our family in Florida. We saw a lot of football, a lot of volleyball, and just had a sweet time with our family. Uh, and while I was away, you know that I replayed the series I created last summer all around our civil rights tour of the South, called a Truth Quest. I hope you were able to tune in. And while we were on the road, we actually listened to the entire series while we were on the road. And I just was so moved by the 17 voices and the many places that we visited from New Orleans to Birmingham. If you didn't get a chance to listen, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out. Uh, it's, uh, it's just great stuff. I especially want to talk about the final episode where my friends just reflected on the meaning of that tour in their lives. And it was just so emotional. I found myself uh, getting kind of choked up as I reflected on that great experience we had last year. There's lots coming up this fall. We're in October already, coming up on the end of season four and the year 2023. uh, There's lots in the pipeline. And when we get to the end of this podcast, I'm going to just give you a little hint as to what's coming up. So stay tuned. But for now, I wanted to take a Substack article that I wrote. I think it was number six. I wrote about woke pride. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. I've even thought about renaming my podcast, Woke Pride. I want you to get an idea of why I have come to that conclusion and what I've been thinking about. So I thought I would take this time to simply read that Substack article for you right here on our podcast today. So let's get to it. Woke pride. When consequential words and phrases become pejoratives, 
It's a strategy my people, that is conservative white evangelicals, have employed from the earliest days of my intellectual memory. They've taken a perfectly good word from the English dictionary and then redefine and transform it into a cringe-worthy pejorative, a knee-jerk trigger for contempt, disapproval, and utter disdain. The word or phrase becomes code, code that identifies the enemy, the other, the traitor, the apostate, and the threat to everything that is good and wholesome and right. It took me a while, but I noticed this early on as I navigated that dark night of the soul. For example, consider words like liberal and tolerance and progressive and multicultural and inclusive and affirming and diversity. If you read the dictionary definition, these are fine expressions worthy of regular use in everyday conversation, but not for my people. They spark rage. Then throw in phrases like climate change and affirmative action and systemic racism and political correctness and most threatening of them all, Black Lives Matter. Each of them is considered a nasty pejorative to the crowd who live over there on the far right. Think about it. To be liberal is to be open, generous, willing, enlightened, open-minded, and open-hearted. To be liberal is an aspiration for us all. But for these folks, liberal means enemy. It's at the opposite end of the political-religious spectrum. Conservative has become a synonym for Christian. So to be liberal is to be anti-Christian. Hmm. Parenthetically, that raises another question. How can it possibly be that the Jesus of the four Gospels became a sword-wielding, angry, conservative culture warrior? That brings me to a relatively new entry in our American-English constellation of words. Woke. It may surprise you, but when I launched my podcast, The Beached White Male, and put together a website, I introduced myself on the welcome page as a woke boomer. (laughs) A few months into it, I dropped that reference. Both the woke and the boomer got deleted from the page. Why? First of all, I came to realize that boomers are not very popular with most all of the younger generations, for good reason. We boomers like to reminisce over the days when our rents were somewhere around $125 a month, our first homes were purchased in the twenty to 30000 range, filling up our Volkswagens with gas cost about $0.29 cents per gallon, and add to all that, we graduated college debt-free. Today, We sit on all that equity that spells an impossible wealth that is entirely out of reach for just about everybody else. As emerging generations contemplate aging boomers, resentment abounds. Add to that, we boomers have the audacity to imply that those young folks saddled with education debt, struggling to pay rent, and working as baristas at Starbucks somehow lack the focus and ambition to pursue the American dream like we did. 
The younger set also takes note that boomers watch Fox News round the clock, live behind guarded gates, and have pockets full of spending money and deny both climate change and critical race theory. They're done with us boomers. So I dropped it. I also dropped woke. By then, the conservative right made woke an overworked pejorative. But back then, woke was a matter of pride for me. The phrase has its origin in African-American language. I grabbed it for myself when I came to understand that whiteness is a problem. When people of color encountered a white person who took time to understand the considerable challenges of non-white folks navigating a culture dominated by rich white males, well, they called them woke. As in, they are awake, tuned in. They get it. It was a compliment. Woke folk are willing to acknowledge the problem. They are open to the pursuit of solutions. They are not defensive or filled with rationalizations and excuses. In a word, they are woke. I wanted to be known as woke. A woke boomer, of all things. (laughs) But I also wanted listeners and readers. But knowing that both words, boomer and woke, were flammable out there in the marketplace, I dropped them. I would no longer be a woke boomer. But as of this writing, I've changed my mind. The beached white male hereby announces that he is becoming an advocate and promoter of woke pride. The struggling candidate for the Republican nomination for president, the governor of Florida, has taken up his anti-woke campaign as a banner headline. Ron DeSantis somehow believes that he will be elected president if he is perceived as the hero who eliminates woke from the nation's life. Quote, Florida is the state where woke comes to die, unquote, he declared. How can it be that woke has become such an imminent threat to America? Hmm. To be woke is to evolve in our understanding that it is self-evident that all people are created equal, endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To be woke is to believe in the study of history, which can sometimes be unsettling. To be woke is to believe that every person has the right to choose whom they will love. To be woke is to believe that women should decide their medical treatment in consultation with their doctors rather than alt-right politicians. To be woke is to acknowledge that the criminal justice system has contributed to rather than solved the problems of wealth disparity, underfunded public education, segregated institutions, and police state neighborhoods. To be woke is to understand that academic freedom means academic freedom, that books should be read, not banned. How can it possibly be that these foundational American values are somehow antithetic to what it means to be an American? We need to call this anti-woke campaign out, expose it for what it is. It's time to wake up. 
I've come to the conclusion that the DeSantis campaign is failing largely because he is just flat on the wrong side of history. Even the former president has picked up a woke attack as a campaign strategy. Face it, it's a losing strategy. It's time, it's time for woke pride. Will you join me? there you have it. Woke pride. You know, there are a lot of people out there who think that we ought to be ashamed of woke. Au contraire. Let's call this thing out. Let's be woke and proud. As I said earlier, there's lots coming up on the Beast White Male podcast. I just want to give you a couple of hints. We're working on a number of conversations. We're going to talk to David Gushy about his new book, Defending Democracy from Its Christian Enemies. I'm also working on getting through to Philip Yancey. He has just recently released an updated version of the book in his catalog of books that sold more copies than any other. 25 years ago, he published a book called What's So Amazing About Grace? And Philip believes, as I believe, that there's never been a better time than today for people to understand what grace really is. I'm going after David Dark. Wheaton College just published a report on the history of race at the college, but made an interesting omission. They neglected to talk about an episode with the first tenured African-American woman professor on Wheaton's staff who was pushed out of her position just a couple of years ago. Her name, Dr. Larisha Hawkins. While some would prefer to call it theological, There was clearly race involved in that whole debacle. I want to talk to David Dark about that. And of course, Betsy and I are going to continue with our beach talks. We're going to talk politics. Uh, As I publish this episode today, there is no Speaker of the House of Representatives. Betsy and I like to talk about that sort of thing. And then Ken Fong and I are working on a new Two Kens. We're going to talk about transparency in crisis. So there's lots coming up on the podcast. I'm glad to be back home now and producing new podcasts for you, and I'm grateful to you for tuning in. As always, you can find us on our website, thebeatswhitemail.com, and I want to encourage you, if you're not subscribed already, to my Substack account. You'll find it under Ken Kemp, The Beached White Male. Come on by, give it a read, and I'd love for you to leave us a comment. Let's get this community talking to one another. So that's it for today's podcast. Keep an eye on those alerts and watch for our next release. Until then, this is Ken Kemp, the Beast White Male, saying, be strong, keep healthy, and stay curious. Bye-bye.